Welcome to the Pet Loss Companion. I'm Ken Dolan Del Vecchio, and I'm here with my friend and co-author, Nancy Saxton Lopez. And this is a program that we deliver live on YouTube and Facebook every Thursday from six o'clock Eastern for about a half hour, give or take. And it's an opportunity for us to share with you some thoughts and recommendations and often stories that you've shared with us about pet loss and, and healing and the journey of grief. And we love this experience because we both led facilitated pet loss groups for many years. Nancy did it for more than 30 years and I've done it now for more than 12 years, I guess. And we have compiled the experiences that we drew from all of that time doing those facilitations into a book. It's called The Pet Loss Companion, Healing Advice from Family Therapists Who Lead Pet Loss Books, uh, Pet Loss Groups. And that's available to you on Amazon. We have a link to the book on this program. But this program allows us to dialogue with you and to mm -hmm. take the information that we've gleaned over these years of practice and share it with a broader audience. So we'd like very much for you to be in touch with us. And you can reach me at kenddv at gmail.com. You can reach Nancy at nsaxtonlopez at csmpc.com. That's N-S-A-X-T-O-N-L-O-P-E-Z at csmpc.com. You can support our work on this program through a contribution through Venmo or PayPal. The links and info are in the description. You could also subscribe to the podcast and you can subscribe on YouTube, which we'd appreciate it if you did because the subscriptions on YouTube allow other people to learn about the program when they're when they're looking through what's available on YouTube, it makes the algorithm show this program is one that has a bit of, a bit more interest, the more subscribers that are on it. We'd like you to know also that this program is a friend of Dakin Humane Society, which is in Springfield, Massachusetts. And you can learn more about Dakin at Dakin Humane, that's D-A-K-I-N-H-U-M-A-N-E.org. Dakin does a lot of great things. And one of the ways that we're collaborating with them is I'm facilitating a monthly pet loss support group on Zoom. There is no cost for your participation. And you can go to the dakinhumane.org slash programs tab. There's also a link directly to this on the description. And you can RSVP. And the next program is going to be on Tuesday, the 20th. It's usually on the second Tuesday of the month, but I'll be traveling in September. So it's going to be one week later than usual. There is no cost. You can go and be part of this program or this conversation, I should say, from anywhere in the world. And we've had people participate from all over the place. Mm -hmm. And again, there's no cost. So think about joining that program if it will be helpful for you. And I think that's it, Nancy, for our opening. Yeah. Yes. Now we had quite a long email, very involved, uh, detailed, a wonderful, heartbreaking, heartwarming uh, email from Stephanie about her Malkia that we read last week. And it took basically the entire time of the podcast. Yeah. And I think at the end, what we said was we were going to go back and I diligently went back and read everything thoroughly again to come up. She so eloquently put together all of the concepts 
that we have been talking about on many of our podcasts throughout the time that we have been doing this. And so I kind of outlined, and McKenna and I are going to talk about those concepts. Um, and so when we thank Stephanie again, uh, she had gotten to us and, and, and was um, glad that we shared her story with everyone. Um, and the first thing that stood out to me, right, was this was her soulmate, yep. her heart dog. Um, and that goes back to the wonder and, and the beauty and the connection of the human-animal bond. Yeah, and, and one of the reasons that we're using Stephanie's contribution the way we are is that there are so many points that are resonant with so many of the other yeah. mm -hmm. communications that we've gotten. And we think it's just a good time to stop and just essentially review mm -hmm. some of the themes and concepts that are so common to people's experiences when they're grieving. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, Nancy and I have talked about this idea of a, a heart dog, and I, I tend to call them familiars. Mm -hmm. They're a, a dog, and sometimes it's a cat, sometimes it's yeah, a Yeah, sure, dog. it could be another, another it's a rabbit. Another sometimes it's a, a bird. It can be any kind of animal that we just feel a depth of connection that feels really extraordinary. And there's something incredibly deep and special about mm -hmm. this. And when we lose them, we often feel an even more significant depth of grief, if you will. And many times people feel like I am never going to be able to experience to this kind again. of connection right. again. And it's interesting because she, um, and also to clarify, we, we love all of our animals, but there are certain ones <laughs> that just hit us differently and maybe they go through a lot of life with us mm -hmm. and they're always there as that, that solid rock, you know, <laughs> but she, she talked about um, Malkia being protective, loyal, a partner, her baby. I love it. Her flatmate, her <laughs> best friend. Uh, Malkia gave her meaning and purpose and yeah. kept her busy and was her sole companion over many moves and other many moves, many countries. Yes. And uh, so she was, she was with her through many, mm -hmm. many transitions and changes in life. Mm -hmm. And so of course, when Malkia died, you know, she felt like part of herself was gone. Right. So that goes into the grief. I mean, Almost everyone, I don't think there's been very few people that have written to us that haven't talked in great detail about guilt. Yeah, yeah. Um, overwhelming guilt, the sadness, the remorse, you know, the loneliness. The guilt really does, you know, take precedence. And, and it's always unwarranted. <laughs> Yes, it's always, it is unwarranted. I mean, we have not had there. There are some there are some circumstances that we've seen in in groups and in clinical practice where a person makes an error that's yes, extremely significant and leads to the the death of their their animal. So, for example, might be that these tragic cases where a person leaves their pet in a car, right, and the pet asphyxiates. We've had situations where a person. Isn't it lose, isn't paying attention for a brief period of time, and their dog is 
wandered into the street and gets hit by a vehicle or has been run over. Yeah. Yeah. And, Um, or gets out the door, you know, but again, certainly these things are not intentional, No, but the grief in those situations, you can see the guilt in those situations. I, it, the right language isn't with me, but it kind of, I'll do my best. And that's, it makes more sense. Mm -hmm. You know, the guilt makes more sense. You might say, but, most of the time, most of the time, it's there's like no good reason for it because I mean, we've done everything we possibly could. Could exactly. we have we have been very attentive, we've monitored carefully, we have taken all the necessary steps for care. We've gotten our animal to the care that they need. We have made decisions with in consultation with veterinarians mm-hmm. and with family members, mm-hmm. and we've 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 done things very thoughtfully, sometimes under great pressure of time, but such is life that happens and we do the best we can. And sometimes we, we feel like we probably should have, we could have been more present. We could have done something different, right? I mean, all different dimensions, but the reality is we really did really everything humanly possible possible excellent pet uh, guardians and we've had people move to a different move we've had (laughs) yes exactly we've we'll do all kinds of things and 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 still feel guilt so the the guilt seems to i believe the guilt is a consequence of conscientious attention The, the the more conscientious People are often the more guilty they the feel. The more they feel guilty, the more they feel like, oh my God, I should have seen, I should have known, I should have I should have done I should have I should gone have been to able the to I should have yeah. Now for her, and this is this is an issue that we has come up, what happened with Stephanie came up with other people, that I went away. Right. Yeah. I left my animal with someone I trusted, right? Yep. Yep. And something happened. Right. You know. Under circumstances that all indications provided you with the sense that it would be okay. Yeah. You know, they were in they were in a pattern of care that was acceptable and was probably going to keep them well. They might have, they might have had an illness or or a you know, some kind of infirmity, but it was well attended to. And we would not have expected that this would be the the time that they would die. Exactly. And I, I, this story comes back to me from a woman in the group uh, some years ago and her, she had dropped her dog off with her boyfriend. Now this gets dicey when it's a family member or someone yeah. that we love. Right. Yeah. And he had a dog and her dog and his dog were running around and he was, he had, was making tea and he was pouring hot water into his cup and the dog accidentally hit him, right? I mean, as they were, the two of them were running around and all of that hot water went on her dog and, and it, he, he died. Wow. I mean, it was, he was scalded up throughout his, all over his body. And for her to come in and say, you know, she was, what what is she going to say? It's her boyfriend. Yeah. She knew it was an accident. Yeah. You know, but she wasn't there. And of course she'd be, well, what if I was there? Maybe it wouldn't have happened, you know, 
Yep. So, and sometimes accidents happen. Yeah, they, you know? accidents happen, and yeah. nobody would have anticipated or certainly wanted that to happen. And right. that's a that's a case in point. And those and, kinds of things happen all the time, and they happen to people too. And and how about you know her? How did he feel? You yeah. know, I've I've had um, actually pet sitters that something's happened to, as they're as they're sitting for right. the dog. I mean, for, you know, uh, professional sit, pet sitters. Um, you know, one dog jumped off. Uh, I'll jump off the the uh, couch. All of a sudden, just jumped off the couch and broke his back. I mean, wow. So, and then she's she's dealing with this. This is her profession. Yep. And the owner is is away, right? So, I mean, there's just sometimes just difficult things that happen. Yeah, life is full of all kinds of potential dangers, and and many of them are totally unpredictable and absolutely nobody's fault. Yeah. It just happens. So that goes into the process of grief, as we have been talking about in every podcast, because this is what our concern is for people. Um, and she had some interesting things to say. Uh, the process of grief is love with nowhere to go. And the size of your grief shows the size of your love. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um there it goes into all humans have limits and we make mistakes. And this is what we were just talking about. And we do not have any control a lot of times of what happens. We don't have control of illness. We don't have control of death. Well, this is a theme that we come to all okay. the time. And that is that we live with the illusion that we have far more control over the circumstances of our daily lives than we actually do. Yeah. And when something as unwelcome as death happens, the illusion is shattered. Mm -hmm. It's just, we recognize that there are very big things that are way out to, outside of our, outside of our ability control. control. And, and that is terrifying. It's, it's incredibly uh, worrisome. It's just, that's at the center of grief in many ways, because we, we are confronting the limits of our um, ability to control the course of everything that's going on around us, including make, our own make lives. things happen that can't happen. I mean, what she had said, talked about, is we don't monitor, can we monitor everything that happens around all of us uh, at the, yep. all the time? And we have to make, the other thing is that I think we want to emphasize is in that emotional state, we have to make judgments sometimes. And that there with the pressure and the stress and the emotional, you know, explosions that we have, that's a really hard thing to do. You know? Yeah, I mean, we just, we're going to, the next communication that we share will be about a, a situation where a pet is rapidly deteriorating at the same mm -hmm. time that there's immense concerns about about one of the partners in the family's right. health condition. And so this often is the case that there's, there's just a lot going on and, and pet can be going through a very rapid progression of deterioration. Mm -hmm. And we've got to make decisions yeah. in that circumstance in the context of many other stressors. Right. 
Yeah, we'll we'll probably be doing that uh, story next week. Next time. Um, next time. But it, I mean, and, and a lot of times you have multiple things in your life going on at the same time mm-hmm. that your animal, your companion, your, your heart dog or cat, or that is all of a sudden something happens to them. I want and, to just go back to one point too, that the, as, as Stephanie said, the size of your grief shows the size of your love. Sometimes though, people are grieving, but they, they, they they love their pet, but they're not showing it the same way that other people. Other are. people they're, are. Right. They may have a much more quiet way of processing mm-hmm. it. They may have a way that is much more condensed. Mm-hmm. The fact that that one person is showing a lot of sadness and and tears and and really feeling low energy and just all those signs of grief, and maybe a partner or somebody else in the family isn't feeling that way. Right. It doesn't mean the dog or cat or whoever didn't matter to them. It no, means it that they're grieving differently. They so don't. we always have to think about how individualized this is. That's and right. we always want to approach ourselves and the people around us without judgment. That's the ma- a major concept that we've mm-hmm. talked about all the way through our podcast mm-hmm. is, you know, to, to try not to judge and yeah. to understand that each person's journey of grief is different. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, it may be a longer period of time. It may be a shorter period of time. It may be intense. It may not be. And so it's hard when you live, you know, with family members that, and you all have a different way of grieving. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There are, there's not a right or wrong way to do it. There's no. just not. And so then she goes into, will it get better? Yep. Uh, you know, the process of grieving. Um, what do I do with the time that my, my beloved preoccupied? I don't, I'm not, what do I do with that time? Um, and the adjustment is so hard. Yeah, you just keep living. That's, yeah. you can. <laughs> That's kind of the way I think about it. You, you just keep doing what you can to keep your life on track. And so you do the activities that you do every day. You may not do them with as much energy by any means. You may not do them quite as well or as rapidly, but you get up every morning and you get yourself together and you do go to work or, work, you or go to take school care of dependents. Or... You go to school, you do your volunteer activities, you do whatever hobbies you you do that that sustain you and give you some kind of reward. You do some kind of exercise or movement, mm-hmm. right? Try to feed yourself in a in a way that's as nutritious as possible. And you just keep going best you can. Well, and that's and that's hard because you don't feel like that, yeah. right? I mean, yeah. people can get very immobilized, um, especially people who are alone mm-hmm. and they yes. don't yeah. don't have a lot of supports mm-hmm. and they don't have people looking out for them. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, um, I mean, that it's it, it's hard to. Um, get yourself motivated sometimes to take care of yourself. Um, but it, we really talk to people about being gentle yeah. and trying yeah. to do the best they can. 
Yeah, not not pressuring yourself. Like, what I mm -hmm. I can't pull it together. Let me. I need to be over this. Like a lot of people do that. They're like, I'm losing my mind, and uh, I should be stronger than this. And well, you know, you're here. You're not always like the strong. rest of us. And that's right. The the less you the less you pressure and judge yourself, the more smoothly and least painfully you'll probably progress through this. The more you just allow yourself to grieve. Yeah. I'm thinking also about what you just said that we we heard just a couple of days ago from a person who was very concerned about a family member mm -hmm. who's very isolated. It's actually in a different country, right? And uh, and one of the things you can do if somebody who's very dear to you has lost a pet is to check in with them and to mm -hmm. try to offer them support and listen to them and offer them, offer to do some things for them that might be helpful, make some food for them, do some grocery shopping for them, that, that kind of thing. Because as you said, when people are alone, sometimes they are without a lot of support. And mm -hmm. if you know that, then it's a great idea to offer some degree of support, whatever you can manage within within your own life to share. Of course. And what happens also, and I think that Stephanie hit out a lot of what we've talked about before, is everything remind reminds her and her home and her routine about Malkia, right? Mm -hmm. So, mm -hmm. you know, we've talked about sometimes a change of routine mm -hmm. does help. I mean, not that you mm -hmm. don't do the things that you usually do, but maybe you do them in a different order. Mm -hmm. Maybe you come in a different door. Maybe you have, you, you, you sleep in a different room um, mm -hmm. because it, it can be overwhelming, yeah. you know, um, when, when that, that little, per, that little four-legged fur baby, um, or it could be two, I guess birds are involved in this, but because um, they're not there and, and our animals are with us all the time. They become so part of our lives yeah. because they they live with us and they never move. They never move away, right? Like children do. So, yep. yeah, I remember. You know, there, there's so many different ways that we try to either move away or hang on to. I remember we kept the blanket that Abigail slept on, mm. and we put it in a different in a different place. Put it in the lower level of our home. And every now and then, I just couldn't resist. I would go and sniff it. Of course. <laughs> it smelled like her. Of course. And it was, was an interesting moment when I said, we have to wash this. I said it to myself, mm -hmm. and Tim, my husband, was fine with it. I was like, I'm ready to wash this now. <laughs> and now but we she also allowed you the time with the blanket. Yeah, to just leave it there. And I ready. knew it was there. And I knew that mm -hmm. that was her scent. And mm -hmm. it was probably the scent of her doggy shampoo. <laughs> <laughs> It's okay. <laughs> but that was her scent. And it was meaningful to know it was there, even though it was now in a different place. It was out of sight unless I sought it out, which I did now and then. And mm -hmm. we have to allow ourselves. Those, these kinds of rituals That's help right. us to both to move through create a new history and revisit the connection in tactile ways when we feel like we sort of have to do it, we just need to touch touch them again in one way or another. But And that's part of the grieving, right? Because, yep. you know, I've talked to people about, you know, sometimes it's overwhelming sometime after the death. And I said, well, don't repress it. 
you, you, you need to work at it. You need to spend some time with it. However, you know, you may not have the ability to, to, to continue to do that. And it can be so overwhelming that, that you visit it and then you go on and then you come back yeah, and visit yeah. it and then yeah. you go on and then you come back. Yeah. You, em- you embrace the, one of the things I know we talked about in our book was you, you need to embrace your grief. Mm-hmm. That's how you get to the other side. Right. And the other side is it's just now part of who you are. It's part of your life story. Mm-hmm. It's part of the way that you make sense of your history and the foundation for what comes next. Mm-hmm. All of those things get to be part of you. And one of the pieces of one of the, the, the kind of language that I found useful is the idea that you'll always live alongside your grief. Yeah. It'll always, yeah. it'll always be with you. It'll it's not going to torment you but it'll, the way it's it did in the beginning, but it's always there. Mm-hmm. So the, the rituals you talked about, exercise, I mean, is lighting candles, mm-hmm. having little areas in the home where the urn is, mm-hmm. kissing the urn. There's nothing wrong with that. Saying goodnight or good we, morning. We have little, little sprigs of hair. Yeah. Um, our dog. So every now and then, not not with great frequency, but every now and then we'll take them out and just remember them and we can see the color of their hair and we can touch mm-hmm. we can touch that part of them again. Yeah, it's nice, you know. Mm-hmm. Um and and other things she had said is raw grief subsides, but disbelief doesn't. So you go through that process of the ebbs and flows. Yep. Um, I have a young woman I'm working with and her fiance was killed almost a year ago and I was working with her today and she's, she's starting to be in that place where I kind of am okay some of the day. Yeah. Right. And then I think, yeah. oh my God, you know, I, I can't believe this. I, I, sh- I shouldn't be like this. Right. And yet she's starting to move out into the world a little bit more again. Yeah. I was talking to somebody today, actually, who talked about how it's so hard to overcome the feeling of betrayal Mm -hmm. when you start to feel okay. Yeah. (laughs) Like, shouldn't I always feel terrible? And we talk about how, you know, that's, that's not the way anybody who you loved and loved you back, would expect you to carry on. They wouldn't want you to cling to the loss in a way that debilitated you. That's right. So in some ways, it could be just disbelief again. I mean, Mm -hmm. oh my God, I can't believe. But, um, but, you know, the grief kind of ebbs and flows away. Um, So, you know, a lot of people have, like we talked about, done different things. They and they've done so many things, and that's what we go back to the guilt that it's it's not called for, although we all feel it, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. So because it it goes back to it's still my fault. I dropped the ball, and that's really not the case. Well, there's a there's a cultural wraparound that teaches us unfortunately that death is is a a crisis it's a mistake it's an error instead of 
death is the natural ending of every life. We, we, we as That's a right. mainstream culture, not doesn't apply to everybody, doesn't apply to every family, doesn't apply to every cultural group, but the mainstream culture is one that is all about denying the reality of death yeah. and having this whole idea that it must be somebody's fault, something must have gone wrong, and that is not that's not the the way nature operates. Every living thing will die, and we should come to terms with that reality and not endlessly blame ourselves like somehow we were supposed to avert it from happening. It's not possible. It's not. And the interesting part, she had mentioned something about euthanasia as opposed to natural death. Now, her her read of it, and we've talked about it here, is if your animal is suffering so badly, so so deeply, and is in so much pain, that in some ways that's a gift. Absolutely, to be able to help them move through. Yeah, you know, into into the next world, and you're the last people they see, their yeah. family, yeah. their loved ones, and and it's just very peaceful. Because mm-hmm. um, sometimes natural death death is peaceful and sometimes it's not. And I think that that's what happened, Melky, and and it was really hard for her to watch. That was a a very, a very difficult transition. Yeah. Yeah. Right. The way way I understand it is she she drowned. She suffocated Mm -hmm. in her own blood or her own lung fluids. And so death is horrible no matter how you, I mean, look, it is natural. And we and but like we said, but it's a very hard and difficult thing to go through, especially with our going back to the human animal bonds. These these wonderful beings that get woven up, woven into the tapestry of our lives, but they never live long enough. Yeah, and then we have to go through that so early, you know. Um, we wish that they would live forever. Um, and that's what she said. I, I want her back. I've suffered enough. Can she come back? Right. That was a really. That was a really interesting. Yeah. Yeah. way of putting it i thought it really yeah. stays with me as well like okay i've i've gone these number of weeks and i've i've acknowledged all that all these different aspects of grief and i'm working through it okay now can i have her back? yeah i'm now now I, i've done my penance right I, right and I that's the, those that's the way our heart operates that's the that's that that whole bargaining thing where you know mm-hmm. maybe if i do this, that, and the other thing, this won't be real anymore. That's right. And I have to say, one of the things that I find myself doing, and, and it, again, this just applies to me, is it's it's useful for me to see their, to see our dogs' urns, which are actually yeah. little boxes. Because anytime I start thinking about woulda, shoulda, coulda, why aren't they still here? You know, did I miss something? I look at their urns and I say, that's what their physical remains are now and there is no there is no there's no argument for for what i'm doing because there is no way they're coming back no i mean maybe they're hopefully they're onto a beautiful new life and that's beyond my knowledge beyond my wisdom but it is there is no use for me to be trying to figure figure out what i could have done differently because now they are powder in a box. The the, the physical, the physical remains. part of them. However, yeah. their spirit. We don't know. The spirit is, well, yeah. But we 
we hold on to. We hold on to it in our own way, right? Yeah, yeah. We hold on to them in our hearts. I love to say nestled in their in your heart uh, because they mm-hmm. are. They nestle in there, mm-hmm. and then mm-hmm. they're with you mm-hmm. until you die, right? Mm-hmm. But it, we just don't have them physically, and that is the process. Yeah, yeah. Them. And we may see them sometimes. We may yeah, know they're present. Sure. We may feel them. We may see that. We may feel like they're in the company of our other pets, but. They're not going to be with us in the way they were with us yeah. in that life. And there's nothing we can do about it. And we, sh- we can perhaps find ways to cut short our rumination, you know, like our obsessive right. thinking about that. And, and, but just know that we have them. They're here. Yeah. They're, they're in, here. In, in our soul and our hearts, you know, in our memories. So. Yeah. Yeah. So I but, guess that brings us to a close. Yeah. Nancy, so once again, I think this is a good, a good way for us to summarize and stop mm-hmm. and reflect because we've had many stories and we'll have many more stories. And there, the themes are consistent. Are the very much the same. The details true. vary, and it it helps people. We know now mm-hmm. that it helps people a great deal to hear hear the details of other people's stories. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we also just want to clarify now and then the commonalities that are so, so similar all the yeah, time. And we just all happen the time. a lot of the time. So great talking with you as always. Yes. Yes, Ken. Talk we'll to you next week. Talk to you next week.